He always seems to get involved, doesn't he? I'm telling you, too many coconuts have hit him right on top of the skull. Well, I think uh, Anthony will be a great acquisition. He can do it all. Avery, whose show is this? The, the unfortunate downside to this conversation is that like we haven't even heard hypothetical deals that like beyond the Charlotte ones that have been thrown out there. And, and it, it always makes me nervous. And Aaron, you and I have talked about this on the hook, especially when it pertains to the Lakers, like under Rob Palenka, the trades that the Lakers have made other than AD, um, which was worked on for basically a calendar year before it was finally pulled off. Uh, other than that one, all of the trades that the Lakers have made to this point were surprises at the time that it happened. So like Mac, you mentioned the, the Pacers uh, package with, with healed and Brogdon. And then again, like with Charlotte, it was, I think Gordon Hayward and or Rogier and, and yeah. maybe yeah, somebody who, who else, whoever else was involved in that. Oubre, I think was at, at one point, one potential piece in there. Like the fact that we heard about those things as options immediately, told me, oh, okay, those probably aren't happening because under Palenka, we haven't really heard much about that. Um, now, he can't control what gets leaked out around uh, league circles as most of the reports have come out. We haven't really heard anything about like what the Lakers are looking to trade Russ for. Um, we've heard more like what people in the league are talking about for a potential return for Russ. But, uh, yeah, I, I think if all it would take for me is three players – in that 10 to $15 million range. And the other thing too is those contracts are easier to move if it doesn't work before the all-star break. Like Mac, if you're, if you're talking to go down your hypothetical here where the Lakers bring Russ back, um, they retool on the, on the peripheries with better fitting, albeit still veteran minimum players. Um, one more exemption exception. And then you bring none back cause he's going to opt in. Uh, so if you if, if that's like what you're hoping hoping for is is like that type of roster, you see how it looks before the all-star break. And if it doesn't work, then you have to move Russ with a deadline on it associated, which now hurts your leverage there. Where where and 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 like the Lakers are already operating at a place with, with very little leverage here. So if it if that doesn't work then you shoot another potential prime LeBron year in the foot. And I, I just don't know who would be interested in, in, in that. Um, well, I, I, I wanna... but I mean, let's, let's, let's use a very, now I agree with you. Uh, generally, you know, smaller 10, $15 million contracts are kind of uh, the sweet spot for trades, right? Because you can put them together if you want to go get more money or they're not that difficult to move individually. That is correct. However, Russ as an expiring contract, especially as Mac is suggesting, uh, and you only would not be the receiving team would only have to pay half of that because he's he's just going to be there. Well, not even half of that, a prorated portion of that, uh -huh. because he wouldn't be there for the whole year, is easier than you think to move. One uh -huh. like a, a, actually like a really good. I don't know if this is like a, it's analogous completely, but one example recently that we had is. Uh, is Porzingis getting traded for Dinwiddie and, and Bertans. Those were Dinwiddie and Bertans are kind of those kind of guys that you're mentioning, right? They were seen as two of the worst contracts in the NBA. Both of them can play kind of. Bertans is a specialist. 
Dinwiddie had been awful all year, but has a little bit of a track record with coming back off injury. And they said, and the, the Mavs were able to break up that Porzingis contract into taking on money that nobody else wanted, that Washington didn't want. So it is at, at the deadline last year. So it is doable. Um, it, it's not going to be easy, but it is doable. Okay, I mean that, that that mathematically, objectively correct there, right? But again, I'm just looking at it from like we're as we're talking about this. The reason we're talking about this is because the the they, we, they, the Lakers keep leaking. Hey, we'll do it. We'll bring this guy back. We're thinking about doing it, guys. We'll do it. And nobody, in in my opinion, and based on some of the conversations I've had, nobody really around the league is really buying it. Um, and and. And so, like, that's an attempt at gaining leverage. And as you get closer to a deadline, that just inherently hurts your leverage. So, yeah, like, and and by that time, everybody would know. If it isn't working, everybody would know the Lakers absolutely have to make a trade here. Or they're going to go through another second half of the season where LeBron is moping and, and talking about how much he respects the job that Sam Presti is doing. And how how he would like less needs, fuck them, pick shirts. Like the, the that's that's not a situation that the Lakers can very easily um, navigate, as we saw last year and ever since this season ended. The fact that we're still getting root like leaks that like, hey, uh, the Lakers, you know, uh, it was it was it was Clutch's fault that they traded for Russ in the first place. It was those dastardly stars who who made Rob Palinka pull the trigger on that, on that pick. Like my favorite way that you describe it is <laughs> it's like LeBron and AD <laughs> Scooby Doo villains. We would have got away with it too if not for those damn Rambi, you know. Like, um, but I, I think where 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 I'm where I get nervous here is. We already know that everybody who is looking to start trade talks here with the Lakers is going to be trying to take advantage of knowing that the Lakers kind of sort of have to move this guy right now. And if it doesn't work at the start of the season next year, then that gets even more one-sided in terms of leverage heading into those trade talks. Like those, that's that's something to be legitimately concerned. When the, no, when I agree. The, no, that is, when that the Mavericks correct. traded Porzingis, that wasn't at hand. That wasn't the, the Porzingis trade came out of nowhere. Yeah, no, you you are you are correct. the The longer this goes, and worse it goes if Russ comes back, the worse it starts next year. The more the more difficult and more difficult it's going to be to trade him. Except for the money is less. Whoever is going to be taking him in would be spending less money. But other than that, you're correct. Absolutely, there's there that is like that is factually correct. Yes. All right, I want to bring somebody else uh, up here, uh, Mac. You can hang out if you want. You can peace out if you want. Doesn't matter. Either way works for me. But uh, somebody else who is coming up here, and if you think the Lakers should run it back, sound like Mac. It sounded like was is, is somewhere in the middle between. You know, if this, 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 and this comes to fruition, then running it back could maybe work out. But I'd like to talk to somebody who is, you know, adamantly on the side of bring this guy back, run it back. Let's see how this thing goes. And I promise I won't mock you. I, I'm, I'm going to do my best not to mock you um, if that is the side. If you can, especially if you can make the case for it um, in, in, a, in a convincing manner. So raise your hand if you guys think that the Lakers should run it back. If not, then um, Aaron, try to make that case for me because I don't see anybody raising their hands. 
So um, that you should run it back? That, that like, in, what's in the my case? opinion. Okay, so yeah. me, I'll, I'll say this. What's there that are, sound like? There, there are talks happening presently. The Lakers are talking to teams about trading Russ. Mm-hmm. Um, so due diligence is being done. I will say I think it makes more sense to run it back than to it's, – but it's all dependent on what a trade would look like. The Lakers could trade Russell Westbrook today. Well, he has, no, to, he has, to, he has to opt in first. Right, yeah. he has to opt in first, right. By the way, like hell of a power play here from Russ. Like it, it's, <laughs> it's the only leverage he has because basically the reason he hasn't opted in yet is so that he can hear what the destination would be um, wherever he gets traded. Right. Like he, it's the last little kind of bit of power that he has over the situation here. Um, if you guys say that you're going to send me to Indiana and I don't want to go to Indiana, I just won't opt in or I'll, I'll hold off. Yeah. But opting in so as to tank, tank all these trade talks. Yes. But he, he has to make the decision by the end of the league year. I think it's June 29th is when he has to make his decision. And by the way, he's opting in. Spoiler alert. He's opting yeah. in. At some point. Um, but so the case for him coming back, the only case I will make is I think it makes more sense to bring him back, run it back, and attempt to get it to work. I think that makes more sense than a terrible trade that's going to like not make you any better this coming year and saddle you with bad money going forward and cost you two draft first-round draft picks. I don't think that does anything. Any that, I don't think that helps anybody. Mm-hmm. Right, I'm not because I can't. Obviously, I'm not going to give any specific names or yeah. specific trades. But like, th- like let's let's just say the best thing you can do, the best the Lakers could do in trying to make a trade. I am not suggesting this is the case, but just hypothetically, because I can't make a, I cannot speak to any specific players. I don't want to get fined or get anybody in trouble. If the rumored trade from last uh, last trade deadline was available now, but Houston wanted two first-round picks instead of the reported one last year. In my opinion, running it back is a better option than that, for example. So I don't think running it back is the best option. But again, these things don't happen. There's an opportunity cost to all of this stuff. These things don't happen in a vacuum. So in that scenario, I would advocate for running it back if that is the best you can do in trade. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. You can no, I you can speak no. So no, so stay. So now I can't say it, but you can. That say that player's name plus the two first round picks. You think that's you would rather do that than run it back? Uh, I guess I I don't really care much about the picks to be honest. Like I I just can't get myself to care about kids that are in seventh grade right now. Like that's not when 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 the alternative is potentially shooting another prime LeBron year in the foot. Like I what are we gonna do without the picks in twenty twenty seven? Like it just it, it doesn't really matter much to me. I, I just I I maybe I'm I'm probably right, do you think do you think that would do you think that that trade would like materially impact the Lakers chances at winning a title next year? I think getting Russell Westbrook off of the team and getting players who are at replacement level takes the Lakers and puts them right back into the championship conversation. 
So I will agree with you if those players are rotation level players. I don't agree with you if they're replacement. I, I don't think the Lakers are in that championship conversation with Russell Westbrook on the roster. I just flat out do not think so. I don't think any team in the NBA would be in the championship conversation with Russell Westbrook on the roster. I, I even if even if I agree with you, and I, I I don't think if it's I don't think the Lakers are in the title conversation if they run it back next year. I agree with you, but unless the trade is going to put them into that title conversation, I'm not giving up two first round picks. Uh, okay, well let, I want to I want to hear from more people on this because you, you, yeah, yeah. you and I yeah, are great. on two yeah. ends of the spectrum here, and usually we find people who land somewhere in between. So, uh, Mr. Ben Joyce, you have your hand up. Um, where do you where do you land here? Aaron is on the on the side of keep the picks and uh, you know try to maintain the flexibility for 2027 and beyond. I am on the side. Wait, wait, wait! You don't get hold on. You don't get to mischaracterize. But that that's is not my, posi- my position. My position. Hold on, hold on, hold on, it's hold on. Twenty twenty seven position is first rounder. <laughs> my position is I agree with uh-huh. you that that. The Lakers' best path forward probably does not include Russell Westbrook. I agree with you on that. However, I do not want to sacrifice those picks unless what I'm getting for Russ in trade materially impacts the Lakers' chances at the at a title next year. So I'm not just like keep Russ. No, Aaron, Aaron I and maintain flexibility. Aaron, are you a dark agent? Like I know your Warriors are back on top, and it looks like they're going to win a championship this year. Like, are you just making sure that the Lakers aren't back in that conversation next year? Is that what's going on here? Uh, <laughs> yeah, is that what you think? <laughs> no, of course not. All right, Mr. Ben Joyce, uh, where, where do you land here? <laughs> so, so I am definitely on team keep Russ, what Russell because I think that he is still a great talent. Is he um, in his role right now? I think that he is being hampered. You know, he had a, a series of starts next to Avery Bradley, and you just can't have two defensive liabilities um, as your point of defect defenders. It just it can't happen. Um, yeah, I actually did get that from your podcast, Tim. I, I see you here. Um, I think that there were too many times where he was started right next to, you know, DeAndre Jordan, who's a defensive uh-huh. liability. Um, Malik Monk, who can be a defensive liability. Uh, and um, too many people that don't create space. I think that if you put him in the dunker spot next to someone like, you know, let's say LeBron, AD, um, Reeves and Monk, depending on the matchup, and Melo and Stanley Johnson in the other position, depending on the matchup, Mm-hmm. I think if you put him in the dunker space, then what would happen is on those AD LeBron pick and rolls, you would have someone tagging off of Westbrook's man who was going to be either a, a guard. So now you have a small doubling onto either AD or LeBron, which good luck with that. Or it is a big, in which case you make the entry pass and you bring him out. And then mm-hmm. you rerun the offense with a mismatch right at the, out of the get go. I think that it's a coaching issue and more so that not that Russell Westbrook can't be um on the team it's just that he can't be russ you know if if yeah if you put him around good shooters but then we, we have to let russ be russ like that was the whole theme of last season well i think you have to let russ be russ in a space where he can be russ like safely uh-huh. you know like i said if you put a big on him if he's in the numbers spot, you put a big on him then yeah give him the ball let russ be russ you know get him on in transition let russ be russ also don't put him with people who can't play defense because then yeah. everybody looks bad yeah i so I'm glad that you touched on details of what it would look like basketball-wise if it was to work with Russ. My only concern with even your basketball explanation, which is solid, is that now if you have Russ in the dunker spot, 
you and I, I guess in this situation, you would have uh, LeBron and AD in some kind of two man, uh, you know, two man two man game here, whether it's pick and roll or handoff or something like that. Um, yeah, well, he he would be in this situation. He would be more off ball. Um, you know, maybe he's brought the ball up and initiated the offense, but then you have LeBron and AD because that is absolutely your best your yeah. best play as an offense. And I mean, there's still there's still no defense, no no pairing in the league that can stop that particular pick and roll until the third man comes in. And that's mm-hmm. where the other players are so important. If that third man is doubling off of Austin Rivers, he's going to make the right play. If yeah. they're doubling off of Melo, he's going to bury the three. If you're doubling mm-hmm. off of Mer- Westbrook, it's a mismatch. So it's and then you can use Westbrook's rebounding rebounding where you can't use Reeves because he's a little bit smaller. Rest is more athletic. So it beca- when you really start to have the right lineup dialed in, that's when you can see success out of him. Right. So I just wanted some clarity there because if you had AD in some kind of floor spacing thing, he shot 18% from three-point range last year. That's, that, that's not going to work. But oh, if you have LeBron and AD in, in some kind of two-man game here, then I, I, I agree with you that it, it can work. Aaron, my only concern here, though, and Ben, you can hang around too if you want, but um, my only concern here, Aaron, is that like now we're talking about a super narrow thread that has to be, uh, uh, you know, you're really threading the air, uh, the, <laughs> the needle through quite a few hoops to try yeah. to make this work. And yes, it can. And it, and this kind of a situation here is like a late game situation where you do have Russ off in the dunker spot and you do have like your optimized lineup around those three guys. But is this too specific a scenario for it to work over the entirety of a season? So a couple things. Okay. Um, I, I, we're going to go back to, you know, I'm going to keep repeating myself. I don't think with Russ. And Ben, great qu- stuff, by the way. That was yeah, really yeah, really absolutely. Nice. Absolutely. I don't think it is a question of can. I think it's a question of will. Mm-hmm. And not, not a question of willpower, but it's not can, <laughs> can, Russ, do, it's not can <laughs> Russ do those things. Yeah. It's will he. Yeah. Um, my, I, I think, I mean, now we're getting like kind of specific here, but this goes back to some of the questions of last off season, right. With a, is AD going to be the five? I agree that there was not a lot of lineup optimization last year. Um, especially at the beginning of the season, it was, but you're going to have, right, right. But, but a space is once again, going to be an issue, right? Like clogging. That's going to be a pretty clogged pain. If you have Russ standing down there and LeBron and AD going, you know, high pick and roll 40 times a game. That's you're going to have, you better the, the other two dudes better be able to shoot and you're going to need them to guard on the wings. Yep. Um, and good luck finding those guys for the minimum. Um, Cause everybody wants those guys. I think that those are the, that is the challenge there, but I agree that if it is going to work, that is the way in which it is going to work. Yeah, no, I that is uh, been objectively the best way that, like, if there is a situation, what would it look like? You diagrammed it really, really well. Oh yeah, one, um, one, one, one other thing though. Um, you mentioned you mentioned AD shooting, so you know he's not really a threat as a pick and pop guy anymore. Uh, but uh, I think Ben mentioned, or maybe you mentioned it, the the four on threes that the the. LeBron and AD pick and rolls can create, you know, kind of like the Warriors do. The, the other issue with that is I think the weakest part of Anthony Davis's game is, is facilitating is his passing and his, yeah. his quick decision-making. Yep. Um, so I don't know that the advantage you would get from him in short roll stuff would be what you would hope. 
um, because that's not the best part of his game. Ben, what do you think about this as a situation instead of the one that you diagrammed? I've always thought that if you have Russ as your primary screener there or LeBron, so either Russ or LeBron has the ball, you have AD in the dunker spot, and now if you want to talk about four-on-three downhill kind of situations, now you have the ball in either Russ's or LeBron's hands, and I think both of those guys are better equipped to take advantage of a four-on-three situation. So I think, honestly, that would be um, something that you would adjust for quickly, but I think that would be excellent. Let's say a team sags off of Russ because he's a terrible shooter. Well, that, that guy then gets under the basket, right? So if Russ goes and sets the screens for LeBron, if he's the ball handler, because there's a situation where AD would really be the ball handler, um, then the guy who's supposed to switch on to LeBron is now under the basket. And once again, good luck with that. Mm -hmm. I, I think that that is another way of creating an advantage. And if mm -hmm. you were going to do him as a screener, the other thing that you could do is a dribble handoff. Because if you do a dribble handoff with, let's say, someone like LeBron, or you do a dribble handoff with, in this case, you probably want to do it with Monk or Reeves um, rather than anyone else on the floor. Well, Westbrook's man can't leave him because then there's an open lane to the basket. It's a whole other problem. The switcher is the, the – it would be almost impossible to jump that screen because, once again, it opens up lanes for, for Westbrook or you start to have a shooter who's suddenly wide open because you made a mistake. I think it's a great way to penalize the defense – and although he's not a great decision maker, he's not a dumb decision maker. And I think he can make that pass. Yeah. All right. I want to um, I want to open it up. We have a couple other people who are who are trying to uh, who have their hands up. So we'll go to Lakers all the way three. Um, where on the spectrum of bringing him back and making it work do you land or are you, you know, on either end of the spectrum where bring this guy back in and rings or bring this guy back in, your season's tanked. So I'm kind of in the spectrum where, like, you have to... Is there, is there a way to turn up your mic at all? Is it, can you hear me now? Uh, it's real quiet. Okay. I'll, I'll try to get back later. Tell you what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go to somebody else, and if you can make it work with your, with your mic, I'll bring you back on stage. So uh, Legit Legends, I'll bring you back on here. Um, looks like based on your profile that you're a LeBron fan. So do you think LeBron is just good enough to make it work no matter if it's Russ, if it's role players, whatever? Um, well, first of all, I want to say hope everybody's day is going good. Um, and, um, as far as the Russell Westbrook thing, uh, first off, I want to say I respect Russell Westbrook as a person and a player more as a person. Cause you know, his story is amazing and unbelievable. I watched the documentary and everything. Uh, but as far as his play and bringing him back next season, if you bring him back next season, we may be a little bit better, maybe just because of chemistry. But more than likely, we're going to have the same season we had this year. Mm. Because it, it it was so funny every time I watched the Laker game this year, you could tell that when LeBron and AD were on the court, it was like, okay, this is where we're comfortable at. But when Russ was on the court with them, it was like okay, now we have to, we have to kind of make sure that he, or put him in places to make sure that he can do what he wants to do, or or feel comfortable. Is it would be better if it was just Braun and AD because they know how to read each other, where they want each other to be, how each other likes uh, control controlling the game. Where where does AD want the ball in the paint? It was 
it was just better when it was just AD and LeBron, which is why I tried to hide myself up on the Russell Westbrook trade. We did it, you know, um, but the more I thought about it, I was like, I don't, I just really don't see this working. And through the season, uh, well, actually not even through the season, as someone said earlier, it was in the preseason. He had, I believe 15 turnovers in a game, like over the three games that we played. And he said, well, but he basically said, well, it doesn't matter because, you know, it's, it's preseason. It doesn't matter. You know, ain't nobody going to do nothing about it. And on his first day of training camp, he told Frank Vogel what he wasn't going to do. That's you, you, you can't you can't have a especially your point guard who's going to bring the ball up the court and, he, and who's going to control the flow of the game. You, your point guard can't you can't do that. So I'm on the spectrum of I would say trade him for. I would say about like two good role players where we can just put, we put those guys in and you know, our team is not, it may not be like where the bucks are at or where the Suns were this year, but it, it makes, it at least puts us in a spectrum of, you know, we can be maybe the sixth seed or something like that. So, yeah. Uh, but as far as bringing Westbrook back this season, we're going to see the same thing. He's. It's just never been, and I've and trust me, I I love watching watching Russell Westbrook play, especially when he was in OKC. That was when he was one of my favorite players. When he was in OKC the most, and I I love how I love how he played athleticism. But when his athleticism started to wane, which is I can really see, I started to see it a little bit last. He started his finishing last year. Like he, he he was he wasn't finishing well around the brim at all last year. That's when I when he was with the Wizards. That's when I kind of saw him. Like he don't usually miss dunks, or he, he usually like slams dunks effortlessly. Mm-hmm. But when this year, it was so many dunks that he usually would do easily. And then, and when I saw that, I was like, okay, it's it's. I see what's happening here. He's starting to lose his athleticism. And what what happens with players like himself and Harden too? I'm really starting to see it in Harden where people are noticing it this year. When they lose their athleticism and they haven't really prepared to do that, and they they have to kind of try to do it on a run, like on a run, like just okay, well, I'm gonna just try to do what I normally do, but it's, your athleticism isn't there, so that extra oomph you had to do it is not there. So it's easy for players to defend it because you can, you don't have what you used to. That's what I really seen with Russ this year, and I and I just don't feel like chemistry or maybe different role players would fix that. I really don't, you know, and yeah. And maybe uh, if, maybe if like Braun run the point, but honestly, from the beginning of the season, I always said, and this would never happen because I know Russ, you know, great player, but come on. I mean, we all know Russ. Russ would never come off the bench. This is the only way this is going to work. He would yes. never come off the bench. Yeah, pro- probably not. I, I want to, Aaron. I want to ask you this. So Ben, I thought did a really good job of diagramming what it could potentially look like if it was to work with a with um, uh, Russ in the dunker spot, AD and LeBron in two man game, and and my while I'm not disagreeing with what that is, what it would look like if it was to work. My concern there is that like you're kind of limiting. LeBron and AD's options there. And I think any player who limits LeBron and AD's options in any way is not the kind of player that you really want 
alongside LeBron and AD. What do you think about the general point there? Uh, I mean, yes, I agree with you, but yeah. Like, do you di- do <laughs> do do you disagree that like Russ being there forces you to limit those options though? Yes, but this is not like this is not like the cheesecake factory, right? Where you just get to order off the menu that like a voluminous menu, right? Like the team is the team now and that the financial situation is what it is. So this is a question of trying to make the best of what so far has been a bad situation. Um, So yes, I agree with you conceptually, but uh, you know, all of this stuff is not in a vacuum and, and they don't have unlimited options at this point. Well, but like that's that's why I would say because when you I, it's weird. Normally, when you add a third superstar, like the thought behind bringing Russ in was that hey, on the occasional night that LeBron needs to take a night off, Russ can 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 steer the ship that night. If it's uh, AD who needs to sit, and we have a, if we bring Dwight back, then maybe then the Lakers can operate at a at a just you know in an okay level missing one of their stars now that a third star is there to kind of figure things out. And what we found out was that not only was that not the case, but then also LeBron and AD became kind of mediocre with Russ there. And last season was last season. And like, when I talk about like the options aspect of this, even though like it's possible to diagram plays and sets and situations where Russ could maybe work with these guys, I would rather have role players that allow AD and LeBron, even if those role players are overpaid and even if it costs you, you know, future flexibility, I would rather have LeBron and AD really be able to, you know, if, if, because what you're doing is you're betting on health with AD and LeBron regardless. Um, I would rather make it so that I optimize those guys when they're healthy rather than try to make it work when they're healthy. And those are two very different, very different things. They are. <laughs> and I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't disagree with you. Yeah. I, I just, um, the, again, the only part, like my only, my only disagreement is what is it going to cost? And I think you and I do not differ on what the best path forward is. You and I just differ on the lengths we are, which yeah, we are willing to go. Same. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. No, I, I agree with you. Absolutely. I, again, I was against the trade before it happened um, and was vocal about that. That hey, is a very good point. But I guess the, the, the question that you start to answer is, can they win a championship? And mm-hmm. the, the answer is yes. And this is kind of how. Um, if you trade him, like, does is that going to increase your chances of winning a championship? Because the question becomes, for what? A lot of teams aren't going to be giving up their prized possession, their prized cows for Russell Westbrook because of his contract. A lot of people can't do it. And then it starts to look to next year to Dude, I'd take half say, a prize cow. I would. I would <laughs> understandable, but I, you know, I'd say, I would take a, Russell, a red ribbon cow. Whatever your like discount cow is, give me. Yeah, the cows. you 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 damn for show live in Texas, don't you? What is a red? What is a red ribbon cow? Is that I don't even know, man. I'm, I'm making is that up the, ribbons. Is that the discount cow at the fair? The red ribbon? You know, I did go to my very first. I went to my very first. Uh, like they were actually giving out awards for for stock in this in this thing. I saw my first award winning steer. It was huge. And what color was the ribbon? Gold. They, they okay. won. Uh, they, okay. <laughs> all right. Well, I, I'm just trying to. I'm trying to get the hierarchy of ribbons. 
Is it like the jujitsu belts? I'm trying to get the hierarchy. There was like there was like this this ribbon that was made out of like a brown paper bag, and that's the to Ben's point, that's the kind of return you're getting if you're trading Russell Westbrook. It's like the sad cow off in the corner that like is getting a participation award. Right, and is that sad cow going to be better than Russell Westbrook? Like it, you start to open yourself up to a whole new set of unknowns. I was um, a sad cow reality, last season. The, the entirety of last season, I was one sad cow. Yes, but, but my my question is, how many sad cows are you getting back? And do you want do you and are you willing to give up two chances, one or two chances, at getting the next gold ribbon cow some years from now? I don't think you're getting a gold ribbon cow with the 2027 first rounder. Like I, I like that's that's so far off in the distance. Okay, and because of that, all right, I don't. I'm going to be careful again. Okay. Because because they're far off in the distance, one thing I can assure you is they are very attractive to other teams. And the reason for that is you're betting against what the Lakers are going to look like when LeBron's not around anymore, right? So I, do, I am not so excited about giving up those picks, right? If it was like, well, the Lakers were in the lottery or would have been in the lottery this year. This is not like next year's thing where you say, oh, it might be pretty good and it doesn't matter. The the picks, you know, five, six, seven years from now is at a time where it is unlikely that LeBron is going to be on the Lakers or if he is, he's I mean, he's an alien, but it's unlikely LeBron's still going to be LeBron five, six years from now if he is on the Lakers or anywhere for that matter. So I, those picks around the league are, are pretty highly sought after. Let's say that. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I, I know it's at stake if you move that pick. I just... I just can't get myself to care because last season was so miserable. Like it was just, it was like, not only, not only was it, it it sucked to watch a LeBron team that didn't have a chance of winning a championship, but it was just the basketball itself just wasn't fun. When you, I I need, I was the sad cow last year. (laughs) That's I did. I just clipped that for me. (laughs) Okay. Um, All right, everybody. It has been more than an hour here. I'm going to split this up into two episodes here. On the Silver Screen, Silver Screen and Roll Podcast Network. Shouts to Aaron for hopping on again. Thank you, everybody. Mac, Ben, uh, Lakers legit, legit, uh, legit um, legends. Uh, I'm sorry for forgetting some of you guys' names. Um, we will be right back here again next week. That's the plan right now. And until then, I'm Anthony Irwin. This has been wait. Anthony are we doing? Are show. we doing pressure cooker tonight? We got to oh, do pressure yeah. cooker oh, tonight. Yeah, we do. We do. We are doing pressure cooker tonight, regardless of the situation. I want to see a gloating Aaron as they sweep out the Dallas Mavericks. Um, I'll have a nice tall beverage in front of me to enjoy the game. Um, So I'll send out links to that as we get closer to that as well. So thanks, Aaron, for the reminder. Thank you, everybody, for hopping on. We'll talk to you all next week.